Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, we will be covering a case that Landon personally chose himself. I absolutely did. I've worked with people with disabilities all my life, and this case really got me. Absolutely. A lot of people with disabilities, whether it is physical or mental, deal with so much abuse and trauma without having unsolved cases involved. I definitely see it all the time. It's hard to see. This is another community that doesn't really have a lot of advocacy or voices that speak up for them. They do have some, but not as much. I agree. I've even noticed that for this particular case of Zachary Brilly, there is not a lot of information. Even the Facebook page associated to Zach has gone cold since 2016. Now, I know the body has been found, but nobody's talking about it. That's another reason why I brought it forward. If we talk about it, maybe someone will start talking about it as well. We do plan to do some predictions and some scary things that are going to come up in relation with people with disability that are currently in facilities or even in their own homes with their own families. It's pretty scary. But this is for all of you guys who are struggling with any sort of physical or mental disability. We see you. Absolutely. And I want to dedicate this episode to my brother, Josh. Aw, love you, Josh. On December 19th, 2015, early in the morning, it was a special day. It was Zachary Brilly's birthday. Now, from what I pick up from him, he was excited to have this beautiful day. He was looking forward to his birthday month all month he felt special that his birthday was just a few days before christmas it made him feel good and he was not about to waste any time trying to celebrate zach went missing from his independent living residence after an altercation with the neighbors now from what zach shows me this was not uncommon he says that it's very common with people with disabilities in like independent living residents for their neighbors to have a lot of issues with them because it can be difficult at times. But he is showing me that this particular neighbor was constantly having issues with Zach. And Zach most of the time had enough of his crap. But today he wasn't going to let it bother him like every other day. It's absolutely true. Even where I work right now, we have a neighbor who has already threatened to hurt one of our individuals if they ever step foot on their property again. Oh, my. And this kid doesn't really know anything. Like, he is a kid. He is only 16. He is a minor. And he doesn't really know much, you know? Go figure. Zach was biracial with brown eyes and a warm smile. He took anti-seizure medication and he had an IQ of only 69 and had the daily living skills of about a 12-year-old. He lived with a roommate in Long Beach, California, affordable housing community for the developmentally disabled, where he received twice-weekly supervision from a social worker and instruction in life skills from Harbor Regional Center, a private nonprofit agency. Zachary's mother, Allison Brilly, worried that he didn't know how to survive on his own. My son is a mama's boy. He would text me after every visit home to say that he had returned safely. His mother and his brother reported him missing to the Long Beach police that day, 
but Alice and Briley soon learn that the rules about finding someone with developmental disabilities or a mental illness are very different once that person becomes an adult. Say what? How so? For a search for a disabled or mentally ill adult to be escalated in the National Missing Person database, the local police must request it by classifying the individual as a dependent adult, which can involve mental impairment under California guidelines. The Long Beach Police Department's Missing Person Unit investigates about 130 cases at any given time. According to Detective Eric Herzog, who is supervising the ongoing investigation of Zachary's disappearance. Children under 11 aren't always labeled as critical missing, but beyond that age, the police assess the person's ability to care for themselves. Despite the family's documentation of Zach's disability, the police considered him voluntarily missing because he was living independently. That is crap. If he's been diagnosed being basically stuck at the age of 12 years old, then how in the hell can they determine that? Well, unfortunately, this time his brain was at a 12-year-old and, as they said, anyone 11 or under. It's a lot of issues with this type in this field. I've seen it a lot. I've seen it many times with other people. They just don't care. That is really scary. I know it's tough to work with people with disabilities, but... It's scary to think about the laws in place. Gotta have some changes here. Hopefully one day that will happen. I feel like it's not a priority right now, and I don't know when it'll ever change. Now, state laws are aimed at protecting the freedoms of the developmentally disabled or mentally ill adults, allowing only limited interventions by parents or other relatives unless the person is under conservatorship, which transfers certain decision-making powers to a guardian, which... By the way, a lot of people in these homes do have a guardian that would make these decisions for them. Good to know. After Zachary disappeared, his family, friends, and people he knew roamed Long Beach, checking homeless encampments and distributing flyers that police provided. His aunt canvassed social media, getting local and national news coverage. I mean, not really, though. I didn't get much information on this. Strangers sent in tips and contributions, and a private detective offered assistance. But not everyone got the word. While leafletting in Long Beach, Allison met a couple of policemen patrolling the neighborhood. They had no idea who Zach even was. My point exactly. Days of searching turned into weeks, and the police claimed that Zachary used meth based on interviews with the neighbor whom Zach had accused of stealing his wallet and other items conveniently. I definitely don't think that they should be talking to the neighbors because, again, a lot of neighbors are very disgruntled about these homes. I know a lot of people, including in my field, they're very disgruntled that we are buying homes in their neighborhoods and filling them with these types of people. Those are the exact words that I've heard over and over again, meaning that they would rather them be like, in a building somewhere off where nobody has to look at them. And that's just terrible. They deserve to live just like everyone else. But of course, this disgruntled neighbor is going to make some sort of accusations or allegations against him when they don't really even know who Zach is or why he's doing stuff. They mentioned earlier he has been taking seizure medication, which sometimes can make somebody look like they're on meth when they're having a seizure. And at a quick glance, you would think, oh, that's a drug addict instead of, oh, shit, that person's having a seizure. 
Yeah, I agree. Something seems off here. The investigation was complicated by the fact that the neighbor or neighbors and other people have lived in this complex were developmentally disabled as well. So they couldn't really get any information from them. Now, Zach's father, Gerald, was frustrated with conflicting stories when he tried to unravel his son's disappearance. I hear you, Gerald. I'm also frustrated to the max with this situation. Now, he went on to say that when the parents produce documentation that a child has a disability of some sorts, the police need to take it seriously. Gerald said that they assumed that he had a bus pass and that he was normal and high functioning. They didn't talk to me until a week after he had gone missing, he had said. The police definitely, definitely, definitely dropped the ball here on this one. Seems to happen way too often, unfortunately. Now, according to Allison, the HRC social worker reported nothing amiss when she checked on him just two days before his disappearance. The money in his bank account remained untouched. But, you know, he was doing meth. So, I mean, clearly his money would have been spent on that. Like, give me a break. Definitely somebody with disabilities. I actually have a client who is now with us because of his drug use and we have to monitor his money 24-7 to see any sort of discrepancies in his spending. So obviously meth is very expensive and these people, they don't know that's like all in or all out. They don't just go and be like, I'm just going to buy a dime bag of meth or something like, no, they're like, no, I'm going to spend all my money. Here's all my money. Take it. Give me all I can get for that. You know what I mean? So his money would have been depleted. Also, I want to point out that the social worker checking in on him wasn't really paying attention too much. I'm seeing that she went in, she did her job, was distracted, but really nothing out of the norm. I agree with her on that though even if she wasn't present enough. I've dealt with this a lot, and a lot of these social workers, unfortunately, have so many clients, and they have to drive all over and see them each once a month. I have a lady right now who's got 37 clients, which means she has to visit them once a month. So on certain occasions, she has to visit a few of them in just one day. And she's not even from this state. She has to drive all over to different states to get all of her clients. So imagine having 37 clients, there's only 30 to 31 days or 28 days in a month and you have to double up on clients and see them and you have to spend a certain amount of time with them. It can, it is overwhelming. We do not oh. have enough social workers. Oh, exactly. I don't blame the social worker for not being involved. I just think that they need to get more people. That's what I'm saying. They need more people so that we can alleviate some of these caseloads for them so they can spend a little bit more time or it's more like they're burnt out is basically what I'm saying. Gotcha. Now, a few weeks before Zach's disappearance, he had said odd things to his family members and he posted some out of character religious statements on his Facebook. He wasn't thinking straight, says his father. Now, according to his mother, Zach had written her on December 16th that he was going to ask for a referral for some mental health therapy. On February 8th, Gerald got a call that he had been dreading. A body had been found floating by the bayou, number one, east of platform Esther Oil Well in Huntington Beach Harbor and was identified as Zach's by fingerprints. Now, according to news reports, Zach's body was recovered on December 31st, but laid unidentified at the Orange County coroner's office until February 8th. 
The coroner's initial exam estimated that the body was in the water more than a week, but could not be determined the cause of death because no drugs were found in the body. Shocker. And his family is now awaiting further autopsy results. Allison said no parent should have to go through this. I want the police to acknowledge disabilities. They don't have proper training and resources to work on cases of mentally ill and disabled. And she also makes a statement that, I know my son. He was a great person. He was very loving and giving. Now that's all we have on this case. So again, it was not very much at all. Which makes it harder all around. But I'm able to connect with Zach and I believe his grandmother on his dad's side. We also want to clear up anything and everything we can in relation to this case. All right, well, let's get started. Let's start from the beginning of this day. We know it was his birthday, so what else can you tell us? Like I said earlier, he was in a really good mood and no one was going to make him feel like crap. He shows me he was not doing drugs. He did not do meth. He did not do anything along those lines. I believe he did have his own regular medication for seizures, but that's about it. He shows me that this particular neighbor was someone who dabbled on the drug side of things, which is why they were extremely paranoid. He never stole anyone's wallet. He says it was easy for them to say that without him being around to defend himself. Now, I've always been curious about this, but people who have any physical or mental disabilities, are they able to get better once they go to heaven? Definitely a good question. I haven't had too many interactions with disabled spirits, but from the ones I have connected with, most of the time they tend to let go of their disabilities. But I've run into one or two that are more comfortable with their disabilities, including someone who was legally blind and legally deaf. That's very interesting. What about Zach? Zach says that he is thriving. Now, although his mental health wasn't the best before he passed away, he was certainly growing with his independency, and this is all he could have asked for. Now, he shows me that he had plans to hang out with a couple of his friends. I'm seeing it could have been some sort of hangout, maybe a rec center. I keep seeing a basketball net, so perhaps there's something surrounding that in the area. It looks like his friends were anticipating his arrival. I believe his friends are all mentally disabled and physically disabled as well. And I don't even feel like they were really questioned about it either. They may have voiced that they were planning to hang out, but I don't feel like it went anywhere further than that. Nor do the police even care to ask. Was this in the Long Beach area? Yes. This is the part that is very concerning to me. I know that he had some issues with the neighbors, and I do see that there was consistent issues with these people always treating him like garbage, rolling their eyes. They had a very shitty attitude towards people with disabilities, and I feel like these people specifically may even be on some sort of welfare themselves. Either way, I see that they looked at him like he was a drug addict because of his demeanor, which you had pointed out earlier about him being on seizure medication, it can do that to you. He says that these people would call him a crackhead all the time and try to start fights with him, but he would most of the time ignore them, but sometimes it would make him angry and he would lash back at them. That is the sad reality, but unfortunately a lot of people with disabilities get treated like this. 
I asked him if he ever got into any sort of physical altercations with any of these particular individuals, but he's showing me that two people, one guy who I believe has like a big belly, white wife beater that's constantly dirty, and one female who also must be a little bit on the heavier set side, but she was constantly smoking cigarettes. Either way, he shows me that these people were lazy and also people watching constantly to bitch about the neighborhood whenever they could, just about anything. It didn't really matter what he was doing. They always had something negative to say. Never got into physical altercation though, but definitely screaming matches where they got really close to his face. So where did he end up going? God, this breaks my heart. I know that the autopsy suggests no foul play involved based upon the clues that they were able to determine, but I don't believe that at all, actually. I was definitely sensing the exact same feeling the moment we started talking about this case. I honestly don't feel like the medical examiner did their absolute best. I feel like this person didn't put the full efforts they needed to put in. I also feel like a lot of things were missed on this examination, on the autopsy, and I feel like they really didn't care enough either. Not enough funds to support it, I guess. Not enough interest in the case. They treated this case as if it just disappeared for no reason. And might I add, the body was found on December 31st. That's New Year's Eve. Nobody wants to work. So they waited an entire week to come back and actually do the investigation and everyone's just getting back to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, they all were like, my vacation time, who cares? Exactly. Now, was he en route to meet his friends at the rec center? Yes, but he decided to go and stop by the store. Now, I believe he had about $10 cash on him. I think he was getting himself a little snack, something to kind of represent cake. Maybe those cakes, those cupcakey things in packages. Like a hostess cupcake? Thank you. I see that the, he also got a drink. I see that the convenience store was definitely like a mom and pop shop. I even feel like they had items outside of the store as well. It seems like a very old, very crowded store, very tiny. I'm sensing the person behind the register was also a senior citizen, at least 60s to 70s, very tiny man. I am sensing his cultural background being Filipino. I also see that Zach was able to obtain his treat for himself. And I see that he had left the store, but he probably had about five bucks left on him. I think he had it in his hand. I'm sensing he's seen a few of his friends walking by and sharing the joy of his birthday, which I believe are the people who stated that he was in the area. Now, he also said that he had a specific route that he would take, whether it be on the bus or walking, he felt comfortable on this route. He shows me that there was a bench in a park. He keeps showing me that he normally didn't stop here, but because he wanted to eat his cupcake before he got to his destination, it was a great place to sit and eat. That's also another thing, if you guys don't know about people with disabilities, is they are very big on routines, and a lot of them will follow the same routes, the same paths, the same everything, because they need to keep it all very similar because they need to know their surroundings. Absolutely. Thank you for that. He seems like he had a plan and not at all unhappy. Exactly. Now, he shows me he did struggle with his mental health a lot, but he also shows me that this particular day with him, he was really happy. Anyways, he was sitting there eating his cupcakes. I see two grown men. 
both were white. I feel like one of them was about six foot two, the other one probably about five foot six. There was a pretty significant difference in their height. The one that was six foot two was pretty skinny, and the one that was five foot six was pretty hefty. And it looks like they may have been involved in some drug run. Shocking. I'm seeing that this particular bench may have been the location, something along the lines where, you know, they feel like Zach had screwed with their drug run. And these guys basically told them to scram. I feel like he doesn't do well with social cues. So he told them it was his birthday and he was just having a snack for his birthday. They realized pretty quickly that he was mentally disabled. And I also know that because he was biracial, this was also a big issue. I feel like they started to push him around. I feel like they started to taunt him and hit him. And I see they even took his $5 that he had left over. They were physically kicking and hitting him. And I feel like he was trying to protect himself. I see that he may have had a backpack on him as well. And he was using it as a shield while he asked them to stop, please. They told him that they could do whatever the hell they wanted because they run the area and I feel like he started to get really angry and he started to fight back. I even feel like he may have bitten one of these people as well. I feel like the two of them thought he was going crazy so they just let go of him and I see that they knocked him on his ass. I see that they took him to like this area and there's like a canal or some water and I see that they threw him in. I'm seeing that he was struggling in the water. I really do not believe he knew how to swim. I also feel like there was like a current, so he really couldn't swim at all because it was too much for him. And then these guys just disappeared. He was sad and alone and scared, and unfortunately, I feel like he drowned. I also feel like his body was there for more than a week. And obviously, when they found him, I feel like he was in the water on his birthday. I also see that these guys have never done anything like this before, but definitely bad guys selling drugs often to kids especially. But I do know that Zach did not buy drugs from anyone and never did. What a tragic story. Is there ever going to be any justice for Zach? This is disheartening because I'm sensing that there won't be justice at all. But that's another reason we're bringing this episode to you so that we can push some justice in this case. They are just looking at it like it's solved because the body was found and there was no indication of any sort of foul play. So because of that, they're not moving forward. But if the family keeps pushing and pushing and pushing as much as they can, something can come up. I feel like we need to make this case very loud. So if you are new to this podcast or even someone who's been here a long time, share this podcast so people can hear it. That way this case can get a little louder than it has in the past. Now, does Zach have anything else he would like to talk about with this case? He shows me that the guy who was the one who threw him in was the smaller one. He was the more angry one. He had a lot of gold on him. May have been wearing a couple of chains. He had a very bad odor and didn't bathe often. That's what he said. He also wants to reach out to his family. He felt like an inconvenience for his family at times. But since he's passed away, he feels very differently. He didn't realize how much he was actually loved and missed. And he loves his family more and more as time progresses. Well, I want to thank you and thank Zach for talking with us. 
and thank you to Liz for reaching out to him. Now, next week is a pretty exciting one for us guys as well. We will be discussing the Epstein Island Part 1. This is probably going to be a three-part series over the next little while because there is a lot involved in this. And you guys, this will be under the exclusive content, so please make sure to sign up and become a patron so you can listen to that. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out. Oh,